Welcome to the Dropping Points Podcast, a weekly MLS fantasy podcast hosted by Blake Eshelman and Brian Maurer from MLS Gone Wild and Top End 90 Media. Are you looking for some designated players to save you from dropping points in MLS fantasy? Well, Brian and I have you covered with weekly MLS recaps, important fantasy-related news, and unsolicited advice that will help you win your MLS fantasy league. And please remember, listen responsibly. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Dropping Points Podcast. I'm your host, Blake, here with my partner in MLS Fantasy Soccer, Brian Maurer. Brian, what's going on, man? Well, we're watching a double game week with LAFC playing their first one tonight, and uh, we opted for Hollingshead, and Palacios is actually playing at the 8, like it said in the pregame lineup. So that's where I'm at. Oh, now I'm kind of a little nervous, and we're just going to rock out the show while while being nervous. <laughs> I'm I'm quite nervous as well. Yeah. I captain Carlos Vela. I haven't played Carlos Vela all season long on my fantasy team. And this week I decided to captain him. He was probably the best captain option on LAFC, the only team with a double game week this week. So I'm wearing my LA Dodgers hat representing LAFC. But like Brian said, we're having our own little private watch along as we're going to give you guys this episode. But that will lead me into letting you guys know what we're doing next week. Next week, we're actually going to ditch the non or the traditional dropping points podcast, and we're going to do a live watch along for the 7:30 p.m. Wednesday games during the double game week. So from 7:30 to 9:30, we're going to be live, I believe, on YouTube. We'll yep. be sure to put out the link, and anybody that's listening to the show, if you're interested in coming in and hanging out and talking as like a co-host, co-guest, whatever, just coming on shooting the shit. And just talking about fantasy, enduring the double game week pain that we'll all be going through together, and hopefully watching your team rack up points instead of dropping points. We'll be doing that next Wednesday, so be sure to be ready to check out the link when we drop that on social. And again, if you were interested in joining that conversation, please reach out, let us know, and we'll be sending out some invites as well. Brian, anything to add to that? No, I think you you covered that well. I think now the big question is just how do we – decide to watch along. I feel like which, I mean, there's like a lot of options. 360 is a great option. Let's go 360. 360. Yeah. 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 I think that's, that's definitely the way to go. So I haven't looked at the schedule for next week, but like I'll have 360 up and then I'll probably also have like another game on my phone over here to the side. I'll be paying more attention to depending on who I have on my team that week and which game I really need to focus in on. But Columbus have a bye, don't they? Columbus are on a bye next week, aren't they? I don't have that kind of foresight, Brian. You know, oh, yes. it's, it's one day at a time for me here. Charlotte are on a buy right now, but they have a they have a game Wednesday, so I'm probably gonna have to try to find a way to keep an eye on their their game against the New York Red Bulls at the same time. So we'll have to do a little bit of maybe double screens. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Again, we're ditching yeah. the traditional show. You know, we've got a nice format, a nice thing going here with dropping points, and you know, I think people like it. And I say I think because, guys, if you're listening to the show, please drop into social media. Let us know if you like it. If you guys are listening on Apple, Spotify, be sure to drop a subscription, rate, review, all those things. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you want to hear more of. We need that kind of feedback to be able to provide you guys what you want from an MLS fantasy standpoint. But, Brian, that's enough of the preview for next week. Let's get into what happened last week. Huge week, right? You're you're looking at an MLS fantasy expert right here, Brian. Yeah, well, not me. You, yeah, you're the fantasy expert now. You had a just a killer week. Did you even have a dropping point? Am I just gonna have to fill this whole segment by myself? Go solo? 
the past two weeks, man, it's been just a couple yeah. little bullet points where it's like, did I really drop points or was that just like average, you know? Yeah. But before we get into our dropping points, let's talk about the dropping points fantasy league top five from last week coming in at number one. Don't don't toy with me at 122. They had Almeida as their captain. Mason Toy had a brace last week. That name is a is an ode to Mason Toy. So shout out to him. Mason Toy getting his first brace of the season and don't toy with me. Finish first in our league at number two. I think it was Brendan Wilhide. I think he's a Charlotte fan. Queen Charlotte FC yep. finishing second with 120 points. Also had Almeida at three. Chat GAM 118 points. Almeida's captain. And coming in at number four, yours truly, Blake of MLS Gone Wild and GSFC. We both finished with 114 points. That is history for dropping points. One of the hosts yeah. is finally in the top five. We've waited, what, 17, 18 rounds for that yeah. to happen. And, and here we are. I've had two good weeks in a row, but myself and GSFC, we both had 114 points. And GSFC is actually the only player in that top five that had Hill as their captain. Brian, we talked pre-podcast about how impressive that pick is. Do you want to elaborate on that a bit? Yeah, I think that honestly, for me, might be one of the most impressive picks so far I've seen at captaincy this season, just in terms of like literally having, like I just putting myself in a position, obviously hindsight is 2020. It makes it seem like the easier pick now based on who they were playing in Miami. But just the fact that like, if you have Bawanga, Almada and Hill all lined up as your options and you've got two of your top scorers in the league in Almada and Bawanga on a double game week, almost, you know, against any opponent you're, it's hard to fade those for any player that's on a single game week. Even I mean, they're all quality, but it's just, I think that was for me a really, really impressive move to make that. And then obviously in hindsight, it paid off big dividends. He was definitely the player of the week, I think to captain. So props to him. That's a, I mean, that's a tough move to make in that situation when you're just, if you just straight up face up, look those, look those three players up and down and see that two of them have a double game week and you pick the single game. Like that's, that's an impressive pick for me, to be honest. Like, I'm really, really impressed by that. Yeah, Carlos Hill was my tap-in of the week during that segment last week's show, and this is one of my dropping points. I'll just keep this one short, and we'll get into the the number five in the in the fantasy league. But if I would have captained Carlos Hill, like I told myself to in the tap-in segment, he had 30, I made it had 20. Those 10 extra points would have put me into first place in the dropping points fantasy league. So I'm kind of kicking myself there. That's unfortunate. But we'll finish out the top five coming in at number five in the Dropping Points Fantasy League. We had a three-way tie, Soccer Gods, Lineup IQ, and Avenue BFC, all with 113 points, all captaining Almeida. All right, Brian, why did you not make the top five this week? Yeah, well, because I – your excuse, man. My excuse is St. Louis City SC. Uh, Nothing is a sure thing. And I really felt like St. Louis – wait, did Hollingshead just score a goal? No, Bogush scored a goal. Uh, they played it over the top. He chipped the keeper. I think he's offsides. He's offsides. Uh, wait, do you have Bogush in too? So, no, no, I took him out. Oh, you took him out. Oh, no, <laughs> it would have been, been a Vela assist. They're going to VAR, I think. It was tight. It's tight. Dang. All right. Uh, anyway, this is what they have to look forward to next week. We're going through the pain live yep. and all you can do is hear us. Wait till you can yep. see it. And you can experience it with us next week. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So anyway, so, uh, St. Louis city. Yeah. I just, I really thought they were a sure thing at home after how they've been playing at home and just to have LA galaxy come into town and just really thought that was about as sure a thing as you could have 
and was absolutely not a sure thing at all. Leuven and Parker both did not hit. Um, also, kind of had to make a few last-minute adjustments. I wasn't planning on playing Barrial this week, but I kind of just, as things were playing out, I realized I needed to kind of make some adjustments to make sure my switcheroos of Bobby Wood and Yakumakis would get in and play. And so I had to uh, bring in a different defender, and Barrial was kind of the option at that point. And he also did not did not hit. Um, they just seemed like Cincinnati and Vancouver were kind of playing for a draw and ended up both giving up a goal. So that also did not work out well. DeWan Jones, oh, my gosh. I mean, a late PK to Joseph Martinez. And he went from having a clean sheet that I was, that was going to set me up pretty well to, to dropping down a three, and I didn't have him as a switcheroo. I had him in my lineup. Um, and then Bawanga. I mean, I would just say from a double game week, seven points. I mean, honestly, I had Almada as my backup, right? I mean, it was pretty much for, I think, a lot of people between Bawanga and Almada, who to captain. And a three-point differential is not going to make the difference. So, like, I, I mean, if I – I mean, that's not a huge dropping point, but I think just overall mentioning Bawanga and the fact that he did start both games and only got seven points out of it um, – that's a big let up for me for sure. So those are my dropping points of the week. Did another goal almost happen? No, a goal did happen. We both just dropped some points. McCarthy and Hollingshead both just lost their clean sheet. Oh my God. Houston just took the lead. Are Houston scored off of a set piece. And I think Herrera is going to get like a secondary assist. Well, I'm about to go extra hard on my whole Brian's three things about LAFC now for sure. Oh, <laughs> this is a killer. Dude. Goodness. Houston on the road? Are you kidding me, dude? Yeah. We're definitely giving them a good watch along for you. <laughs> we sure are. All right, so let's get into my dropping points. So after averaging 12.3 points per game in his last three home games, Edward Leuven put up a four in Sunday's match versus the LA Galaxy and what looked to be a plus matchup for him. The Galaxy were the worst away team to midfielders yeah, yet. It was his lowest performing. He was my lowest performing midfield of the week. So, um, not great. I mean, a four is not terrible, but I would have expected and I, I would have liked more from Leuven in that matchup. Yep. And then again, St. Louis, Tim Parker, they conceded in the 85th minute, dropped me down five points. I had 10 for Parker with that clean sheet. It dropped me back down to five. And then Lucas Aleron scored a goal of the season contender to win it all at the death for Columbus at Soldier Field. And his red hot form continued as he has six gold contributions in the last three matches. But for the first time in the last two matches, he did not record bonus points for chances created or key passes. Then he went and took his jersey off after his half field goal. And he lost me another point. And he finished with just six. So despite the worldie of a goal and the importance of it, um, he just didn't rack up those bonus points, and six seems low for that sort of performance. This is uh, this is when you know you're you're becoming you're becoming an expert and having a really good run of form when you're dropping points is a six. This is this is when you know the tides have indeed turned. Yeah, I had Dewan Jones too, but you already touched on Dewan Jones. Like, yeah. yeah, one of my dropping points is Lucas Zellerand taking his shirt off. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and then my only other one is not captaining Carlos Hill. And I already talked about that a bit. So, yeah, yeah, those are my dropping points. Brian, you you hinted at your three things, one of those being LAFC. What do you have from last week? What were your three big things that you noticed that had fantasy relevancy? Yeah, well, I mean, nothing is more relevant than my first one. And LAFC is beatable right now. And literally they're being beaten right now at home 
against Houston. So yeah, they've they've played weak in the in CCL final and really have struggled since then. I mean, honestly, since the kind of like excuse making that I feel like Sharendalo made in that final of just saying like the whole thing about the roster and everything, I feel like it almost kind of cursed them a little bit, especially with how well like the MLS really set them up for their CCL run. You couldn't have, I mean, they gave them, I feel like a lot of favors. They gave them a ton of extra, like, I mean, they only had played what 12 games by this point. They were like at least five games behind the rest of the league. They really set both them and Philly up a lot this for this run, probably more than ever before. And then really made it a whole CCL week with the Wednesday, Sunday turnaround, everything setting up for them to just focus on it and to bottom out like, like that. And then since coming back and now they, I mean, they essentially have to catch up now with multiple double game weeks in a row. And it really seems like that's biting them a little bit. The com- combination of like the hangover from the CCL final loss and these double game weeks coming time after time. I mean, at this point, I mean, we'll see how the rest of this Houston game goes tonight, but I mean, they haven't scored since returning from that CCL final yet. I, I don't believe so. I mean, and I mean, to, if they don't score against Houston tonight, I mean, this, I mean, this, it's a rethink for sure on just like who they are as a team right now. I mean, I, I'd imagine, I, mean, I can't fathom them not turning it around, but I mean, this is definitely starting to be a little bit alarming just to see them at home too. Right. I mean, the first game at home, it was at home against Atlanta who give up a ton of goals. So we'll uh, definitely got to stay tuned. I mean, we're going to continue to stay tuned about it. Honestly, as this show finishes up, I don't think there could be a more relevant point right now, just especially with no. them giving up that early goal to Houston. So Houston and, are terrible on the road as well. Like Houston are a great home team right now, but their road form has not been good. So this is yeah, we're, really we're entering, alarming. We're entering, the, we're entering the 27th minute and Hector Herrera is lining up another free kick from a very dangerous area. Ilya Sanchez just got a yellow card their defense kind of got pulled apart in transition and he slid into where the right back usually would be. And he was isolated with a far quicker man and he slide tackled him and uh, did not result in a goal, but Houston are creating dangerous chances. I mean, and I get some other players are lead, like are like on international duty, but honestly, the other, like Palacios ended up not going. Apoku is still there. And like Bawanga did go, who's like a key, but I mean, he's not, causing the, these issues at the back you know i mean definitely is going to be an issue in them scoring but this is a really yeah really wild stretch of form for them uh so definitely got to stay tuned on how this continues to develop my second thing is new england revolution have only kept two clean sheets in their last 10 games got burned by this with Dewan jones in my lineup this last week their last clean sheet at home was two months ago against montreal and they have two home matchups coming up with quality attacking options against them. Orlando City, who are coming into form, and then Toronto, who just are always capable of putting in a goal. They're not in great form. Uh, they have a little a short unbeaten run going, but, I mean, they haven't been, in, I mean, obviously, with all these, the locker room issues and everything around them. But, I mean, they still have quality players that are absolutely capable of putting in a goal. So just going to have to kind of, I think, I'm going to have to just start a really reevaluate how I play New England defenders, especially with all their injuries so far. Um, and then my last point is Orlando City, like I just mentioned a little bit in that New England segment, are really looking like they're coming into form. They're unbeaten in six straight games with a goal differential of plus seven and are averaging two goals for per game during that time. Uh, Fugundo Torres has full four goal, goal contributions in his last two matches as well. He's going to be gone on international duty for this next little bit, so we'll see how um, they play without, I mean, their main guy. But, I mean, 
I think Orlando is starting to play like we kind of expected them to from the jump. I think me, Blake, I think a lot of people were really high on them coming into the season. Uh, extra time, I'd mentioned them a whole lot of just based on their, their signings they made in the offseason. Really a lot of hype around that club. And then they had a really rough start. Um, but it seems like they're starting to finally figure things out and click. Those are my three things. It's really hard to focus right now. <laughs> trying to watch Carlos, <laughs> trying to watch Carlos Vela. All right, so my three LAFC capitulate. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so my three things: Christian Roldan, he returned, and Seattle scored multiple goals for the first time since April eighth. That was the last time that he started. Coincidence? No, I I don't think so. He has the highest plus minus of anyone on the Sounders with a plus twelve goal differential when he is on the field. We discussed the numbers before and the Sounders form in the absence of Jao Paulo, but I think we could start to argue that maybe Christian Roldan might be the most important piece on this Seattle Sounders team. In addition to Roldan returning, Rui Diaz has started to become healthy. He now has three goals in his last two starts for the Sounders. He had a brace against your beloved Charlotte FC, and then Jordan Morris, Jordan Morris made his return from injury as well. And now that they're healthy, the job is to stay healthy. Sounders are still a good team. They just need to uh, keep their best guys on the pitch. So next thing, San Jose got a big time win over last year's Shield and MLS Cup runners up. Philadelphia Union, who came into this match unbeaten in their last seven. The win makes the Quakes the best Western Conference team at home and one of four teams in MLS to remain undefeated on home soil. They've given up just five goals and have three clean sheets at home on the season. And then speaking of the Quakes clean sheets, their five clean sheets through their first 17 games is one more than they had in their entire 2022 season. Last season, they were giving up more than two goals per game. This year, it's different. They're giving up just 1.18 goals per game. And their offseason acquisitions of Guerrezo, Minsa, Acapo, Rodriguez, Trauco, and then Lucci, their head coach, have completely transformed this team from an MLS after dark wander to a much more disciplined and sound defensive team. So you got to give huge props to the Quakes here. And then the Cruise Club record signing, Cucho Hernandez, is now forward number one based on average points in MLS Fantasy. He has now recorded a goal contribution in every match since week 10. That's right, folks. That's eight straight weeks, four goals and six assists in that time. He's now scored a goal in three straight games. And with Zellerion being away on international duty, he is going to be relied upon a lot more in the playmaking role for the Columbus Crew this weekend. So those are my three things. Brian, it's a really weird week, right? Yeah. We have one team on a double game week. That's LAFC, the team we've referred to constantly because we're watching that game. We didn't pull suspensions, anything like that, but the international break is happening right now, and there are a lot of important MLS fantasy figures that are going to be absent in this week. So I will give you guys just the people that we think are important. There are others as well. But we will start with Almeida. Yakamakis, Swiderski, Shakiri, Mascara for Sensi, Zelarion, like I just touched on, Funtas, Buonga, Sifu, Jovalich, Dane St. Clair, Petrovic, Zimmerman, Halese, Torres, Savarino, Johnson, Larea, Osorio, and Pedro Vite. So those are some of the guys that are going to be out this week, either for international duty or for other reasons. So that's going to affect how you pick your teams, and that's going to kind of differentiate what might usually look like a plus matchup might look a little bit different because of some of the the players that are going to be absent. So let's get into those matchups. Brian, let's start with Nashville SC versus 
St. Louis. And it looks like Nashville's the biggest betting favorite this weekend. What do you have for that game, Brian? Yeah, so uh, that's, that's exactly right. Odds makers have them as the biggest betting favorite. Uh, St. Louis haven't won on the road since March. Uh, they only played four. They've been playing a lot of home games, but they're 0-1 and 3, so three losses and one draw in that time. And they've been uh, all those three losses have been shut out. So they've been shut out three times out of those four games. Nashville have four clean sheets at home so far this season. So this is kind of lining up for a potential, maybe, I mean, classic Nashville matchup where they're able to keep the clean sheet and even put a goal or two away to get the win. Uh, that's what at least is lining up based on, based on form and Nashville score the eighth most points per game at home and allow just 43 points per game at home, which is top 10 in the league. St. Louis score the fifth most points per game away. Uh, but you got to monitor. I mean, for me, it's just Nashville have been, at, a, at another level, they are going to be without Zimmerman, which honestly, we already have a sample of what they look like without Zimmerman, and they don't really miss a beat, which I think is what's been so remarkable about this team so far this year. They're finding goals from both Hani, uh, who's still maintaining that he can just continue to be at the MVP caliber and dominate games. Also, they're finding some goals from other players like uh, Fafa Picault, but then they're also not missing a beat defensively when their best defender has missed time, which I think is just, um, I think that might be the most remarkable bit about this team is like their stalwart defender hasn't needed to be there and they can still do what they do. Um, so he is going to be gone, but I mean, again, I don't know how much that's actually going to factor in. It's just how well they're playing. Definitely players to target Willis, Lovitz, Moore, Mukhtar, all relevant options for this game. Willis is actually re remarkably cheap, I'd say, for just like being a keeper on a team that's capable of clean cheese, especially at home. He's only at like eight mil, which I think is actually yeah. kind of a value range for him. So um, definitely keep an eye on that. And then uh, DC United versus RSL is the next matchup. Unless you had anything else to go over in the Nashville St. Louis game, Blake. It's not fantasy relevant, but Nashville yesterday just signed their first ever homegrown player, which I find astounding since they've been in the league now for three years and they just signed their first homegrown, which is yeah. crazy. Wow. Yeah. For reference, Charlotte have already signed three. So yeah. St. Louis have at least one on their roster. Scored yeah, a they've already played. Uh, I've played at least one or two, I feel like in games. Already. Yeah. Which is, which is crazy that Nashville have just built this roster in such a unique manner. It's just so many yeah. seasoned MLS vets and interleague trades. And, you know, now they have a, a yeah. DP spot open since Ake Loba is, is off the books, but yeah, to, to f sign your first homegrown three years in is just, yeah. it would be interesting to go back and, and look if that's ever been a thing. Yeah. yeah, especially with how much they've been, like you said, they've invested in domestic players. They to invest in domestic players, but not to, but to have taken so long to reap the rewards of investing in your own domestic players. <laughs> like it's kind of a wild, wild kind of almost like hypocrisy. <laughs> Honestly, that's kind yeah. of a wild. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Jesus. It might have something to do with like soccer, just youth soccer culture in general in Nashville and like how big yeah. that was prior to Nashville coming there. But they had to be, build it all from scratch. And that's exactly, tough. exactly. Unless they yeah. already had that market there, then yeah, you got, you got to build it from scratch. All right, yeah. Yeah, go ahead and go ahead into DC and RSL. Anyway. Yep. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. So DC versus DC versus RSL um, is picked to be one of the most likely to have over two and a half goals total in this weekend at minus 145 is what the odds makers have it set at. And they're also the second biggest betting favorites on the weekend at minus 150. So 
Lots of potential goals, most of them for D.C. RSL give up the 10th most points per game away and allow the 6th most points per game to defenders uh, away. So target D.C. defenders such as Donovan Pines. And really, I mean, Pines only, although, I mean, there are some cheaper options in Santos or Birnbaum, but Pines is like, I, for me, is like he's already in, in my lineup. I had him set pretty qu- quickly this week. He's been a solid pick, and he's capable of also putting in a goal from a set piece or something like that. Um, RSL give up just 3.6 less points per game on the road to defenders and the worst team in the league. So I'm also targeting uh, Click. Uh, and then, uh, wait a minute. That's yeah. So tar- and I'm, so I'm also targeting Click in this matchup. Uh, Benteke, top forward option this week as well. RSL is giving up. I mean, they're near the top of the league and give in points per game given up to. I mean, almost every position, mids, forwards. And it's home or away. Like RSL have just been not a good team so far this season, giving up lots of fantasy points across the board. Um, and they're also going to be missing Julio, Severino, Ruben, and Ojeda. So just several key pieces in their attack and their midfield. Um, so I'm definitely expecting DC to be aggressive in this matchup and try to put some serious, uh, put a serious hurting on RSL, put some goals in on them. And they've got definitely several fantasy-relevant options in order to do that. Um, next up is NYCFC versus Columbus. Uh, Columbus is going to be missing Zella and have give up the third most road goals in the East, 15. And NYCFC are winless in their last eight and winless in the last three home matchups, matches giving up three goals in two of those three. So it's going to be kind of an interesting setup here. Um but they've got Gazdog, Acosta, Carranza, and Vasquez have all scored in these matches. So look out for Cucho, Matan, maybe Ramirez. Matan and Ramirez are both pretty solid value options, I'd say, this weekend. Ramirez had, uh, I mean, he had a, what, a brace against Charlotte. What, that was Ramirez, right? He had a brace against them? I believe so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're putting up big, I mean, I guess that's at, that's at home. But he's also coming into form along with Cucho, who's now, like you said earlier, going to be the playmaking option essentially yeah. this week. Um, so you've got a forward playing kind of like a midfield playmaker role in a lot of ways. And then Columbus also give up ninth most points per game to midfielders on the road. So I on Gabby Pereira, Santi Rodriguez, and other NYCFC midfielders. The other one I would mention is Ledesma, uh, for sure, is another value option there. Um, and at home, honestly, NYCFC, even though they've been winless during recent stretches, they, um, they've generally been pretty solid in terms of just being able to take advantage of that smaller field. So I'd really say there's an opportunity for both teams to have have options that you can choose from and switcheroos or just straight out starting. Like I've got Cucho in already, and I'm probably going to keep him in my starting lineup. But I, I've also tinkered with Santi Rodriguez as a as a midfield switcheroo. Uh, I think he's definitely viable on the table as well. So um, definitely multiple directions you can go with this matchup. Uh, New England Revolution versus Orlando City uh, SC. Orlando are actually the best away team in MLS on 14 points and one of just two teams in MLS with positive away goal differentials and a plus five. Um, is, uh, I mean, they just got to be kicking themselves for their poor home form because they could be one of the top teams in all of MLS if they could just have gotten that home form right to start the season. And Revs haven't had a home shutout since April 8th, as I mentioned earlier, and they will be without Petrovic, McCoon, and Brandon Bay. So there's opportunities for goals in this game. Uh, Orlando are going to be without uh, Facundo Torres, like I said earlier, so definitely keep an eye on that. But they um, 
have other options. And again, the Revs defense has kind of been um, just really shaky at the back, and they're going to be missing more key pieces. Um, Orlando City give up the fewest away points per game to midfielders, defenders, and goalkeepers. Interesting to see how that plays out against the Revs this week with a player like Carlos Hill that they're going up against. But the Revs are also averaging two goals per 90 over the last four matches. So they're getting goals and scoring them. Versus Orlando City SC, we should say there. Oh, sorry. Yep, I didn't even mention that. Yeah, versus Orlando City FC. So um, Revs have been scoring against Orlando. We'll see if they can keep it up this weekend at home. I honestly am expecting a decent amount of goals in this game because the Revs haven't been able to keep a clean sheet in Orlando or missing a lot of their key players, especially on the defensive side of things. And Halese, who's just maybe their most important defensive uh, defensive player in goal there. So players to keep an eye on, Hill, Jones, Polster, Wood, Ojeda, Cara. A lot of, I mean, Hill obviously is a potential – I mean, there's some risk there just based on what we said about how Orlando have actually been performing really well on the road. But I'd say Carlos Hill is still in the in the range of a captaincy selection this week. And then, I mean, Jones is premium, but a lot of these other guys are value options in Polster, Wood. Ojeda is going to an interesting pick. We'll talk a little bit more about him later. And then Eric and Carr is another good value option at forward, I'd say. So there's definitely multiple options in this matchup in a game that I think could easily be another uh, high-scoring affair just in terms of a lot of the players that are missing. And then overall, just kind of how the Revs form has been in just terms of kind of giving up goals. And if a home team's giving up goals, they still are going to try to set the pace in terms of trying to get that and like really push the pace and get the win. So if they're giving up goals, but still trying to push to get the win adds for an opportunity for, for a big matchup with lots of goals in it. Um, the next, the, the last matchup we've got is the Quakes versus Portland. Portland give up the fourth most points per game away, 69.6. And they give up the fourth most points per game to forwards away and fourth most points per game to defenders away. Uh, San Jose are undefeated at home, but they're missing Grueso, who we mentioned earlier. And honestly, I should, I want to give him another shout. I really, honestly, I'm hoping he sneaks into the all-star team. I don't know if they're going to make, be able to make nah, that. Happen nah, 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 not over Aiden Morris, man. <laughs> I'm just, I just don't know if there's a, a, a signing so far this year, just from based on where they were before the start of this season. I mean, just the impact he's made. Because they've had, I mean, Abobasi was there last year, Cowell, uh, Espinoza. But just, I feel like Grueso has really helped unlock a lot of what this team has become and the rise they have had from where they were last year to this year. Like you mentioned, a lot of their stats and just the improvements they've made. And I think I would give a lot of that credit to Grueso and that signing specifically. Yeah. Um, I don't think he'll sneak in. It's really hard for those defensive midfielders to get time because, I mean, when it comes to all-star voting and all that, so much focus on on the goals scored and everything like that. But as a defensive mid-option, I really think he's definitely been one of the better mid defensive midfielders in MLS and has made um, one of the bigger impacts uh, for their team in this season so far. Uh, just wanted to give him a quick shout out about that. But he is missing. So they're missing essentially one of their key pieces. So that could uh, add a wrinkle to this game. Trucco, how, how do you say his name? Trauco? Sounds right. <laughs> so, Acapo and Jamiro Montero uh, will all also be missing. So they've got a lot of different, uh, both defensive and attacking options that are missing there. Um, and Portland are missing nobody. So 
They've got a full squad ready to go up against a team that's definitely missing some key pieces. Um, players to watch, Daniel and goal. Uh, definitely some bonus point saves there. He's been getting a lot of bonus save bonus points of late and, and clean sheets since he's kind of taken over the starting goal, uh, starting role over Marcinkowski. And then Rodriguez, Beeson, and other San Jose's available defenders are all in play here this week. And then Espinosa, Abobasi, maybe Cal uh, are all in play, I'd say, as well. Cal is an interesting fantasy option. Uh, he had a really good U20 World Cup. Um, scored a few goals there and seems like he got a goal contribution since he's gotten back, which is what he was struggling to do before he left for the world cup. So we'll see if maybe that sort of triggers, uh, triggers a good run of form for him. And then Espinosa and Bobasi are obviously going to be in play for most home matchups for San Jose. Uh, Evander and Boley, I think are both and Boley scored again this last week. So shout out to your boy Boley. Uh, you've been talking him up from yeah. time to time here on this show. So we'll see if he can't keep that run of form going against San Jose. And then Evander's obviously that other option. So for Portland, he's been their, their main guy in the middle. So keep an eye on all of those options in this matchup. I think this one could be an interesting one. The last time they actually played at San Jose, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later as well, but it was a 3-2 game. San Jose won, but it was 3-2. So there is some potential for, for a big matchup uh, with lots of goals in it too. So keep an eye on that one as well. Wow, what a tackle by our boy Hollingshead. Really? Houston was in on goal. Chiellini's just too slow to track back. And Chiellini just looked at Hollingshead and was like, oh, he's got it. And Hollingshead just did a 60-yard sprint diagonal to cut off the uh, the shot inside the 18 and get a nice blocker tackle, whatever they're going to give him credit for there. That was nice. Nice. Uh, it's too bad they don't calculate points based on yards traveled for the tackle that would that be a real big plus right now yeah like hard hard work bonus points that'd be good. Yeah, hard, hard work and distance covered let me get some of that imagine that mls fantasy statistician trying to do, handle the the subjective uh, scoring of hard work bonus points <laughs> we'll leave you in charge of that brian you like spreadsheets yeah. and numbers yeah all right, Brian, so you just ran through all of basically all of the matchups outside of the game that's going on right now and then LAFC versus Sporting Kansas City. And we we won't get too much into LAFC because they're already your lineup's already locked unless you're going to get into Sporting Kansas City. Eric Tommy maybe maybe one of their defenders because LA's in poor form. But yeah, good luck if you're picking SKC guys. They are in better form. LAFC are not. So there's there's that to consider. So we'll get into tap-in 50-50 long shot. Brian, I will do my tap-in first. My tap-in of the week is going to be Hani Mukhtar, Nashville SC's maestro. They're number 10, their second forward, whatever position he plays. He's listed as a midfielder. He's going to be 14.2 mil. He's averaging 7.94 fantasy points per game and 12.4 points per game at home over his last five. During that home stretch, Hani has five goals and four assists. Hani leads all of MLS in shots on target and is second in goal-creating actions per 90, so that offensive volume is there. And St. Louis are winless in their last four on the road, and during that stretch, they have three losses, all in which they were shutouts, so Hani could get a little bit of a clean sheet bonus there. And they have conceded seven goals, so they're they're not scoring, and they're, they're giving up a good amount of goals. And it's also a stylistic plus matchup for Hani, who thrives on the counter. St. Louis lead all of MLS in passes per defensive action, and that's just a fancy way of saying how much do they press. So if the stingy Nashville defense can beat the press and the repress to find Hani as the outlet, he should have ample opportunities to turn and run 
at the St. Louis back line. So for all of those reasons, Hani Mukhtar is going to be my tap-in of the week. Brian, who's your tap-in? Yeah, so my tap-in is Carlos Hill at 12 mil. Uh, you had him as your tap-in last week, and he hit, and I'm definitely sticking with him this week. He's just um, been in form uh, the last few games, last week scoring a goal and having, having two assists. Uh, he also has had four goals and two assists in his last four starts, 12 points per game in his past three weeks, headed by two 15-point performances out of those last three games, um, going up against a Jolese-Les Orlando City with other key pieces missing as well, and Torres and Cartagena. Uh, so I'm definitely keeping an eye uh, on that matchup there. New England Revs uh, and, and Carlos Hill specifically in this matchup. New England Revs are averaging two goals a game in the last four against Orlando, uh, like we mentioned earlier. So and, and if they're gonna if, new, if the Revs are gonna have goals, I mean the likelihood at this point of Carlos Hill being involved, especially since he came back uh, from that injury, is just super super high. I feel like he's been involved in just so many of their goals, uh, especially over the last few few games. So. He's very likely to just be involved in any of the goals they're scoring in this one. And uh, the one but is, like we said earlier, Orlando have been solid away. Uh, a lot of their advanced stats and their uh, uh, their adva- uh, their fantasy stats against on the road have all been – they've been stingy. So uh, I think that's the one concern with Carlos Hill. Uh, makes me fade him as a captain likely, but definitely still a lock-in for my lineup this week based on being at home and the matchup. Houston just scored again. It no way. Ruled offsides. Jesus, what is going on, dude? MLS is MLSing right now on a Wednesday live on the Dropping Points podcast. Oh boy, that is that is tight. Is that on? Are they rule it off and they're reviewing it for on? It's ruled off, and I think they're looking at it. Herrera just hit a forty-yard ball over the top to Amine Bassi who then found whoever their forward was. And it might have been the, the Bassi pass. Is it might have been? No, Alayu. Ali, yeah, I don't know. But it, it, he is offsides. It was the second pass from Bassi to their striker. I think they're looking at it. Whatever. We'll keep it moving. So my 50-50 this week is going to be uh, Click from DC United. He's going to be at 9.4 mil again. So we talked about those tap-ins and like your tap-ins this week are probably going to be Hani Hill, Espinoza. Those are the chalkiest of the chalks. And then you're going to have to figure out, okay, you know, if I'm playing with four, who's my extra guy? If I'm playing with five, who are my two others? Uh, Click is a guy that I would definitely consider. That's why he's going to be my 50-50. He has a goal and two assists in his last three home matches. He's averaging 7.3 points per game during that time. He's third in MLS and key passes with 36, which I found very interesting, only behind Almeida, Espinoza, and Hill. That is good company to be a part of if wow. you're if you're um, click. That's that's really good company. But RSL are unbeaten in their last four away matches. DC have only secured two home clean sh- home home clean sheets this season. And in the home games in which Click does not score, he is averaging just 2.75 points per game. So he is goal and assist dependent if DC do not keep a shutout. So there is a, there is some boom and there is some bust here. But I like the matchup. In a limited week like this, Click is going to be in my lineup. But for all of those reasons, Click is going to be my 50-50 of the week. Nice. Brian, who's your 
Yeah, so my 50-50 is Jeremy Abobasi at 8.7 mil, uh, scored in two of the last three games, uh, and Portland are allowing the fourth most points per game away to forwards, like we said earlier. And last time San Jose played Portland at home, it was a shootout, a 3-2 score line. And San Jose are missing uh, the one so that – I mean, so I think there's a lot of boom here in terms of Abobasi starting to really I, – I, I picked him a lot early on and busted for me. A decent amount at the at the beginning of the season. He seems like he's starting to get into form. He's got seven goals now on the year, um, so um, I think there's a decent amount of boom. Like I said, two goals in the last three. He's goal dependent, um, as most forwards outside of Cucho, uh, Buanga, and, and Carranza. I mean, even Carranza, I feel like it's still kind of goal dependent. There's just there's been a lot of volume for him lately. But besides those guys, every other forward you're picking is. Very gonna gonna be very boomer bust goal dependent. Um, Abobasi is no different, um, and I think the other added potential bust aspect of this pick this week is that they're missing a key pieces, mainly Grueso, who I think does affect um, potentially the way uh, San Jose could attack. Just his his passing and his presence. Um, he's just been a key cog, and then Matero too. I mean, he's a key midfielder for them. Uh, and what they do moving forward. So um, that's the one other aspect. I mean, there's going to be a lot more reliance on Abobasi, which could be a plus just because of those key pieces missing uh, and, and putting a little bit more on on Abobasi and Espinoza than, than maybe when they have their full squad together. But um, I think it also is a limiting factor just in terms of just they've been they're missing key key pieces in that midfield. So uh, definitely one to keep an eye on. Still a good value play with a home matchup against a team that gives up points to forwards. So boomer bust, but you got to have a couple of those in your forward line. So I think Abobasi is one worth watching. And it's a revenge game. Hey, we love those revenge games. We we call them out. I feel like every time a decent amount decent amount of hits so far this year on the revenge mm-hmm. game front. A couple of misses, but yeah, definitely Thanks. worth a shot. Mason Toy was the guy last week, a brace against Minnesota, yep. who he used to play for. Yep. And this nice. week it could be a Bobasi. And Abobasi has never scored against Portland. So this yeah. could be the week. It'd be a good week for, for him to do it for your your fantasy purposes, yeah. Brian. But and, he's and, he, he's in my lineup right now. Yeah. One one last shout out on the revenge tour is uh, I mean, I don't get to talk about Charlotte FC too much of late, just based on their up and down form, but Justin Miram seems to be doing the revenge game tour right now. Every oh, yeah. that, that's where that's the well, only place he scores. He's played for every team in MLS. Yeah. Every game is a revenge game for him. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a full tour. <laughs> it's like his retirement tour, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So my long shot of the week is going to be Tanner Beeson, uh, the Quakes center back. He's going to be four mil. So first of all, four mil is an absolute steal for a guy with four straight starts full nineties and averaging seven points per game during those matches. That's just an absolute bargain. I'm shocked. He's still at four. I'm shocked. His value has not gone up. And so that's part of the reason he's, he's my pick here. Yeah. Uh, so two of San Jose's five shutouts have come in the last three matches and Portland have been shut out in their last two away matches. Portland give up the fourth most points per game to defenders away with 29 points per game. But like we've talked about quite a bit on the show, San Jose will be without their two fullbacks, Acapo and Traco, center defensive midfielder Carlos Grueso and Jamiro Montero. And Portland don't have any players on international duty, so they won't be missing anybody. Portland have scored at least two goals 
on the Quakes in their last three matches. So history is saying that Portland will get a couple, maybe. And San Jose are conceding the fifth most open play shots per Opta, meaning there is bonus point potential. He's going to be doing maybe what looks to be a lot of defending. They might be on the back foot against this Portland side who have scored on them in the past. So for all those reasons, Tanner Beeson is my long shot of the week and for mill why not you know his value's got to increase eventually so yeah all right brian let's get into start bench sell i believe wait, i went wait, first. I didn't do my long shot yet oh i'm so sorry i see we're at 45 minutes and i'm trying to rush yeah. us out here who's your who's your long shot brian well, you're good you're good i mean i'll be quick with this one martin ojeda 7.4 mil in orlando there's not a lot to say about him because he hasn't been starting he hasn't been playing a whole lot but the thing is facunda torres is away on international duty, right? So they're going to be down a key playmaker. They need a playmaker to rise up. And I think we all thought going into the season, Martin Ojeda was a good shout at the beginning. Hasn't really panned out. He's got an opportunity this week. New England haven't kept a clean sheet since April, like we said before. He's got an opportunity now, potentially. I can't imagine him not getting the start. Um, long shot. He hasn't been starting, so he could still get left out somehow, not replacing Torres. But I think there's a decent chance he gets a start at 7.4. Worth a shout. Yep. All right, Brian. Let's get into start bench sell. You go ahead and hit me with it. I'm going to grab my pen and my notepad. But go ahead. All right. So I'm looking at three forwards because I've been kind of juggling a few different options. Uh, and I think there's there's two that really stand out. And then I put one uh, more value flyer pick that's quickly becoming more and more relevant as the game we're watching plays out. Now, probably a big hint as to which team that is from. But anyway, uh, Benteke, 9.5 mil uh, at home versus RSL, 5.18 points per game right now on average. And I've got Abobasi, who I just talked about, is like 50-50 at 8.7 mil, playing Portland at home, averaging five points. Uh, and then the value option, Alan Polito, who's actually – he scored he – put up a couple – uh recently starting to come in a little bit of form as all of skc are uh going up against lafc who i mean we're literally seeing evidence of it live right now are really struggling home or away um and he's got 4.38 as his average so start and his value again was 7.4 mil right now so start bench sell but take it obviously polito I really like all of those matchups. I will just say that I, I would start a Bobacy just because everything you just said and the 50 50, the revenge game thing is just very appealing to me. Yep. And again, there is going to be more reliance on a Bobacy and Espinosa this week. They're going to have to get the job done for San Jose if they want to remain undefeated at home. So, and I think they can do it. And, so I will start a Bobasi. Now here's where it gets a little bit tricky. Benteke against RSL and then Polito, who again is starting to catch some form against LAFC. Oh man, I guess the easy answer would be Benteke because he's probably going to be an all-star, but I really like Polito here. So I'm going to start a Bobasi bench Polito just because LAFC, I'm watching them right now, might be recency bias, but they are just out of form and skc are rounding into form they're dangerous he has dangerous wingers on both sides of him and shallowy and johnny russell uh, eric tommy behind him Gotti kinda behind him they have a, a 
pretty decent team. They have started to try or at least figured out a little bit defensively. And that's been where a lot of their issues have been. And they've just been underperforming a lot of their expected stats and the offensive side. So once they can start putting the ball on going in the back of the net, like Polito's a, you know, a top five to seven striker in this league until he gets sold off to Liga Emekis, which is what's being talked about right now. But I would bench Polito against LAFC and then sell Benteke. Yeah, I mean, I think there's no real reason for me to sell Benteke either. I just like Polito a little bit more here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, dude, he just had two goals and an assist in his last matchup, and he's got three goals in his last two games. So, I mean, he's starting recency bias, like you said. I mean, he's coming in form uh, against a team, and we're watching literally like ruin our our fantasy weeks right out of the gate on Wednesday. So. (laughs) That's a good one, though. You know I like some value forwards. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So my, I must said tap in 50, 50 long shot. We're 18 weeks in. I can't get it straight. <laughs> Start bench sell for you. Brian is going to be, I talked about those midfielders and how you're going to have the Espinosa's Hills and Mukhtar's. And what are you going to do with those last two spots? Or what are you going to do with that last spot? So I've got three of those guys that are all home and pretty good matchups. I think good-ish matchups. So we'll start with the most expensive. We're going to start with Santi Rodriguez at 9.5 mil at home versus Columbus. And I've got some detail in all these for you. He's averaging 7.5 points per game in the last four at home, and he has two goals and an assist in that time. Then I'll go to our cheapest guy, Eric Tommy at 8.8 mil at home versus LAFC. Here's another Sporting Kansas City guy. You gave me Polito. I give you Tommy. You said 8.8? 8.8 mil at home versus LA. He's averaging six and a half in the last four home games. He has one goal and two assists in that span. And then my 50 50 of the week, Matthias Click at 9.4 mil at home versus RSL. He's averaging 7.33 points per game at home over the last three. And he also has one goal and two assists in those games. Start bench sell. Well, I have two of these guys in my lineup right now. I've got Santi and Click in right now, but I've been rotating around quite a bit because uh, I think this is a very relevant price range and, and position in terms of trying to figure out how to play a couple of these these guys as flyers, as switcheroos. Um, I really like the DC versus RSL matchup. I really like that matchup. I mean, you mentioned that RSL are unbeaten in four straight, but... God, I mean, I just feel like there's potential, especially with with DC being at home. Uh, even if they were Arzo to find a way to get a draw, I feel like there would still be goals in this matchup. Yeah, um, I do too. For DC, uh, and Click is likely to be involved in those. I think I'm going to start Click because of that, both because and, and of he's, the he's, role he plays and the matchup that he's in. He's top five in key passes, man, with some of the best yeah. creative pieces in MLS, which just continues to blow my mind. So that's I yeah. think that, that uh, he's in my lineup right now. It's Premier League, man. I actually, I, honestly, I'm, never mind. Well, I, I was about to derail, but I won't. <laughs> no, 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 we're at 52 minutes. Keep it moving, Brian. Yeah, yeah. So, and then um, uh, I think I'm going to man, this is tough. This is tough. I'm going to, I'm going to bench Tommy. He didn't do as well as I thought the last, the last week when I, when I played him, but uh, I'm going to bench Tommy against LAFC. LAFC, you got to start proving, proving me, you know, proving something different. I mean, they are struggling right now. And this is again, live during, 
during their third straight game that they're really struggling in. So I'm going to bench Tommy this week. See if LA, you know, see how they do against LA. I think this that would be a statement game for SKC if they can get a result against LAFC this weekend. And then I'm going to sell sell Santi. He's been kind of up Man. and down as well. Is that going to impact your actual MLS fantasy lineup? It, it very well might because I've got something clicking in, but I might I might yeah. be switching that to Tommy to get a piece of SKC. I mean, just just as we're doing this show and watching this game, I mean, that's kind of the reason. See, I'm going to have to probably take a day. I try to keep emotions out of it, but <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I was expecting it. I was, I was feeling nervous about having to do this show during this game with like hauling seven players in and just seeing yeah. this matchup go the way it's going right now as we're doing the show. God, it's definitely making me rethink things going into this weekend. Well, those are good picks, Brian. Now, I, I hope – I didn't mean to sway you in any sort of way. I did not know that Eric Tommy was going to sway you over Santi, but so be it. I hope it works out for you. But let's get into the fan mailbag questions. We had one question uh, from one of our Twitter followers, at Motley Barnett. He's also a tw- uh, MLS fantasy expert. He puts out some MLS fantasy content as well, and he's a pretty loyal fan to all the MLS fantasy accounts out there. So shout out to him for sending in a question. His question is, with the lack of midfield options for LAFC, is Vela a viable captain option over the likes of Hill and Mukhtar? So I will just go ahead and speak for myself. I thought so, and I picked Vela as my captain, and he got one point in the first half. I mean, we still have 45 minutes to play. What scares me about Carlos Vela that we haven't talked about is he hasn't played a full 90 at all this season, and without the other key components of this team, Sefuentes and Buonga, uh, more attention might be on him. So I don't know. Earlier in the show, we talked about how the one guy in the dropping points fantasy top five that picked Hill on a single game week with the Buonga and Almeida options. I mean, it just made him look like an absolute genius. We didn't really have two options this week. It was, it was really just Vela. And, you know, I, I, I kind of rolled with it. And I was like, you know what? There might be some differential in Vela because people might be scared because of how rotated they are. And a lot of people are going to be going Hill and Mukhtar. And I've had two really good weeks in a row. You know, why not, why not play for some differential with some house money and to see if we can't make it three straight. So yeah, I went Vela Hill and Mukhtar are great. That's why we both had them as our, as our tap ends of the week. Yeah. I think for me, and I think it's obviously it's smart to fade the forwards in general as captain C because they are, so many of them are goal dependent. For me right now, I feel like the only ones that are really viable captain options are, like I mentioned earlier, I think it's Bawanga, Cucho, and Carranza. And they're all, I mean, Carranza, I think is still pretty goal dependent, but I mean, he's definitely put up only two for me <laughs> before as well. Um, but I, I feel like the volume has been there so much that he kind of puts him in that range. Who the hell did a Poku just come on for? Don't tell me it's Ve- okay. Vela's on. He just took the kickoff. Whoo! I was scared. <laughs> yeah, tell me it was Palacios. Uh, no, it's no. not Palacios. Yeah, I didn't think so. I just feel like that would be nice to have our little differential sub there, since everybody probably went Palacios while we went Hollings Head. <laughs> oh, they might have taken a defender out. Kialini's still out there. Vela, Ilya, Steve Buke. Please tell me they didn't take a Hollings Head. Uh, oh, you know. Oh no! That's, that's the one name. That's the one name we're looking for. Uh, let me check that's my. The, that's the I jinxed it. I no, said, no, 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 no! I see him. He's still out there. He's still out there. He's still out there. I was like, I, I was like, did I just jinx it? Saying like, hopefully it's Palacio so that we can get the differential sub. 
Oh my god. I mean, it doesn't really matter either way. They didn't keep the clean sheet, so it's pretty rough. Okay. Right. said banger? No. No, no, no. I was hoping for Carlos Vela to Ryan Hollingshead. That would have been awesome for me. Yeah. But no, Brian, uh, we're approaching an hour. Do you have any closing yeah. thoughts? Um, no, I'm honestly really excited for next week's watch along. I think it's really cool. I mean, we talked about it briefly when we were doing the show last week while we were doing a similar kind of private watch along in terms of doing recording this show while the LAFC match is going along last weekend. And, and I think this could be really fun. Hopefully this uh, drives a little bit more interaction with the fans and a little bit more opportunity for us all to kind of banter and, and, and share some thoughts on how the season is going ups and downs, pros and cons um, what we've kind of strategized and, and, and learned from each other. Cause I feel like there's a lot of people in the MLS fantasy community that sort of feed off each other's energy and and sort of hype on socials and through the different media forums that they use. So uh, excited to try to get that opportunity to happen a little bit more live than our normal podcast recording. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a unique experience. I don't know that anybody else is doing MLS fantasy game watch alongs, especially on a Wednesday double game week. That should be. <laughs> That should be really fun. That's going to be our excuse for not putting out an actual episode and, you know, our lack of planning, you know, we're just going to have fun with it next week. And yeah. again, if you guys have listened to the show and you guys listen to my, my sales pitch at the top, if you guys are interested in MLS fantasy or just, you know, we're hanging out watching your team play on Wednesday night, come hop on and we'll, we'll bring you into the stream and we'll, you know, just hang out, watch the games. We'll either have it on 360 or on one specific game and we'll just we'll talk and we'll try to make it as MLS fantasy as relevant. We'll be cheering for our players and, uh, you know, hoping our captains are scoring goals and all of that good stuff. But we'll be sure to drop the link on on Twitter and then we'll go ahead and shoot that out. And yeah, we're looking forward to that. And I don't think I have anything else and I don't want to ramble on because the second half of this LAFC game is on and LAFC is uh, the momentum has shifted. So. Without further ado, Brian and listeners, thank you for tuning in to episode 18 of the Dropping Points podcast from Brian Maurer and I. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Best of luck in this weekend of MLS Fantasy. Peace. Peace.